ladies and ladies and gentlemen, hello, hello, and welcome to episode 83 of the Jake This of Jake Johansson podcast. I'm Jake Johansson. It's me, and you're listening to the podcast again. Oh, joy, oh, rapture. You know who the guest is this week? I don't know. Maybe you read the thing. Maybe you don't read the thing. Maybe you just download them, and then you listen to them without knowing who, who the guy is. You know it's me, and that's enough for you. Maybe that's how you operate, but let me tell you. Dave Little is on the podcast this week. He's a friend of mine. He is, uh, he's been a friend of mine for a long time, and he's been a comedy, comic, comedian, comic, comedian, comic, comedian. He's no relation to Boy George, but uh, he's from Texas. I've known him a long time, and we got together when I was working down there at the uh, Dallas Addison Improv, and he and I were working together one of the many times that we've worked together, and he came up to my hotel room, and we had a chat, so he's going to be coming up a little bit later on. That was a place that I was. Addison Improv. And where am I going? Well, this week is Valentine's week, ladies and ladies and gentlemen. So bring your ladies and your other gentlemen and your ladies to the Funny Bone in Columbus at the Easton Town Center. That's this weekend, February 13 through, uh, I think it's 16. Is that right? 13, 14, 15, 16. Yeah, that's right. And then, uh, after that, the week after that, I'm going to be down at Austin, Texas at the Cap Cities Comedy Club. Then I'm going to be at uh, Wise Guys in Salt Lake City. I'm going to be in Phoenix at Stand Up Live, and I'm going to be up at the Punchline in San Francisco. Also, later in the year, I'm going to be in Colorado um, and uh, Tacoma. I'm going to be in, uh, where else am I going to be? D.C., Indianapolis. I'm going to be a lot of places. So, you know what? You can check my website, jakethis.com. I don't think all those dates are even up there. But just know, if I mentioned your city, that I'm coming. And you don't need to worry. You just need to uh, clean your favorite pants. And probably not even... You can wear them a few times before I'm even going to get there. So, that's what's going on. I'm coming to your place, jakethis.com. That's my website, at jakethis on Twitter. You can email me, jake at jakethis.com. You can tweet me. I'm reading things, but I'm not always answering them. And that, believe me, I want to be a better person at that. That's, I don't, I didn't make a New Year's resolution because I'm just, I'm always trying to do a little bit better than I'm doing. But believe me, it's not, it's not easy. I might be at my max. This might be the best that I can do. I don't want to admit that. I don't want to admit that. I want to keep trying to do better, but it may be time for you to realize that uh, this is as good as it's going to get. Uh, oh, I'm not asking you to stop listening. I'm asking you to keep listening because it is going to get better. I'm still trying. I'm still trying, everybody, and I tried this week. I got my friend Dave Little on the podcast. It's been a fun week. This week we're trying to convince our daughter to go off to camp this summer because we would love to have two weeks where she is sleeping out in the woods happy and independent, and my wife and I are sleeping in our bed until... I don't know what time in the morning. Nine o'clock. That would be luxurious. Not not really for a comedian, but uh, nowadays for me, for comedian me, nine o'clock in the morning. Man, I'd love to sleep into nine in the morning on a weekday. Oh, glorious. It would be nice. But enough talk about sleep. It's time to wake up. If you're on the treadmill, you should crank it up. I hope you're watching the Olympics. Uh, if you're in the Olympics, well, that's great. <laughs> Good luck. Best of luck. Hope you win a medal. And could you tweet me a picture of you and your medal? Uh, from the Olympics, that would be great. Or you and just any kind of golden thing that you have if you're not in the Olympics. But if you're on the treadmill right now, which there's a lot better chance of that, please feel free to crank it up and enjoy my conversation with my friend, Dave Little.
Uh, one, two. Hi, how are you? It's great to be here in the room. Oh, there's your green boots here. It is great to here's be here. This is one of my new boots right here. Oh, those are up? some black boots. Right. Now, those, I do like those boots. Uh, and I do the, like the those boots, Dave Little. Because you know what I like about them? They've got laces and zippers in them. Options. Yeah. There's well, not that many footwear options. It's laces or slip-ons, or but when you can do both... Well, you can speed on with those babies, right? When you get that zipper... Like I think so. When you so. take them off, you can just unzip them and then put them on, zip them up, you're boom. Once you get the laces tied to, for your proper fit... If I like, find myself... My in understanding an, of those boots. Right. If, if I'm in an emergency, like, say I wake up and I'm a firefighter, uh-huh. and I have to go down the pole, I'm ready. You don't just wake up and you're a firefighter. You have to train. Hmm. So are you trained to be a firefighter? No, I'm not. I don't. I, I like fire. Well, you don't like it when people's houses are on fire, do you? No, I don't. I don't. I don't love it. Are you it. an arsonist? Are you one of these? I don't believe I am. Lights a house on fire and then goes and never... secretly masturbates across the street in your car. Well, y- yes to the latter, no to the former. Meaning you would. Hold it. Just spell it out for me because I don't – I always get confused with that former and latter thing. Well, it's okay. Yeah, all right. It's all right. You're doing good. We'll get a – I usually have a lawyer listen to this, and then you're either prosecuted or not afterwards. Um, all right. I'm fine with that. I don't think uh, – we're in Texas, so there's different laws than Los Angeles. Right. You'll be able to uh, – you'll be able to um, figure out your own defense if that's necessary. I don't think – I don't think I would – no, I – I never understand people who, if you defend yourself, you're just basically saying, ah, I just, I want some stage time. Well, I think that that's the case, right? That uh, they say that if you defend yourself, you've got a fool for a, for a client. Mm-hmm. Isn't that right? I think so. Yeah. That sounds great. Just these levels. And I just, I'm, I'm completely, I've disoriented myself now. I can't tell what the hell is going on. Hmm. It sounds good to me, but I'm not listening to it. Yeah, well, that's the thing is you can't really hear it right now, can you? I feel like I'm trying to turn myself up a little bit, and now you talk. First. Okay, I'm talking now. This is me talking. Okay, we'll talk a little bit okay, more. Okay, I'm Dave Little, and I'm a friend of yours. And you are. A I think it's going great. I feel like it's going great too. It's okay. a little bit. It's a little bit confusing in the early going, but uh, I do believe that we're we're finally at the bottom of things. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. I think people fast forward to the middle of it anyways. Yeah, they I don't, but you don't. No. No. I listen to everything. The ads, you know, audible.com, what what whatever, whatever whoever's Who selling are your something. favorite sponsors of podcasts. Uh, I think Legal Zoom in that one. That <laughs> is one. I don't have any sponsors, so That's, I, I don't. You know, I mean, I suppose I'd like to have some sponsors someday, but it just seems like a lot of hassle. You got to read a lot of stuff. You got to understand mm-hmm. a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah, firefighter.zoom, that's what I'd like to have sponsor me. So yep. I could people that's for people who want to learn how to be firefighters on their own time. Or they just want to wake up and they're a firefighter. Or maybe it's for people who have a fire that they like to put out and so mm-hmm. they can go online and have a fire put out. Okay. By. And I lo- I just love their lifestyle. I mean, it's 2 days on, 1 day off. I mean, it's almost like being a comic. Well, yeah, I do like – there's a lot of people who have jobs like that, though, aren't there? Um, Are there? Nurses? Well, who was I talking to? It wasn't a firefighter, but it was somebody who had 
it, oh, it was a it was the guy I worked with up in Canada last weekend. Um, he was Matt Labuki. Oh, and that's he, Canadian. He, he was a uh, oil employee. He'd clean out these tanks and stuff. And so there was a lot of wearing harnesses and going inside of pitch black places and inspecting welds and stuff. Yeah. And he would do these shifts where it would be uh, two 12-hour days in a row and then a day off. And that's how but he was also a comic? He was also a comic. I think you got to make a choice. <laughs> well, at some point you do. He was he was younger than us, Dave. Of course, everybody is. It he seems that way, us. except Richard Lewis and Don Rickles. Everybody else is younger than us. And even one of those guys is significantly younger than the other guy. Right. You know? I'm not good at this. Yeah, no. No. You mean no. talking or estimating hmm. people's ages or? The latter. Yeah. The former I'm good at. Well, so talk about making a choice. What what kind of choice have you made in your life regarding comedy? I've decided to stay with it. For a long time. I've known you for a long time. We were talking about it last night. I think, I think I've known you since the late 80s. I think 89 or so. I think that could so, be right. And roughly. Then, and you have, you have been a comedian all this time, just as I have. What year did you start? I... Kind of started about seventy nine. So you started or eighty. Me, I started in eighty two. Yeah, um, but it was more uh, getting up on stage and not. I don't didn't know what I was doing. I mean, I was kind of sometimes playing some guitar, sometimes just getting up in front of people, and some of it was at college. Um, you're you're a musician as well. Like I you do. Play, yeah. You play music gigs. I do. I do. Yeah. Yeah. I like the way that you answer that. I was the one who brought it up, but I felt like you were slightly defensive about it. I don't. Well, I mean, I I did make a, a choice a while ago to not bring my guitar, like if I'm playing the improv or whatever, just to, just to play a song. Right, because because you in the pet well, you have some funny comedic songs yeah, that you yeah. would play. I like them too, but I, it just seems worthless to you know because I mainly middle. If I headline, I might I might do it because then I can play three or four songs. But I, and I'm not going to go up and just play three or four songs as the middle act. I don't, I don't want to do that. Well, it would be complicated then for me to go on, and for, I mean, I'd have to spend the first five minutes in my show explaining. Apologize, I can't play a musical instrument. Right. I mean, Dave can and it's awkward that i can. I mean but somebody like henry phillips who i i know and love i mean he's awesome um but i also think that it it kind of does make a good show if everybody's kind of a little bit different between mm-hmm. the three acts but for me personally i just i just got tired of carrying the guitar and i i was i may be defensive early on because people automatically assume you're doing parodies which i don't do or you're trying to blow them off the stage, trying, or which some I kind don't of try, because I learned. I mean, that was an important thing to learn is that if people come out and go, "Oh man, you were you were the best, and you were the opener of the middle," that's not a good show. Yeah, they, you'd like to have it build a little, yeah, or you you'd like to have to them like everybody the same. But yeah. but there was a period of time where the middle, the second comic, the middle guy, the feature act, they all they go by many names. Mm-hmm. Those that spot in the show would try to get to be the headliner next time by making it really hard on the headliner this time. No, they're just assholes. They, that's how I always felt no. about it as the headliner. <laughs> but um, but it, I did some harrowing gigs where, and it's mm-hmm. not always a guitar. Was Guitar was a 
weapon of choice, but some sometimes those guys would do, use the filthy story or the super popular impression that the audience doesn't know mm-hmm. everyone can do. At the time, it was Jack Nicholson. Everybody could do Jack Nicholson. But, uh, you know, the feature act would whip on a pair of sunglasses and say some dirty stuff Bring in the Jack hair back. Nicholson's mm-hmm. voice. Yeah, pull their hair back, and next thing you know, you got... F- Five minutes of tough road at the beginning of your headline. Or they're doing, they start doing shots. Here's to you, or it's birthday stuff, or it's mm-hmm. the patriotic. How about for the troops? And well, I mean, come on. I do like the troops. Who's anti-troops? I do like the, but all of those things, right? They would get the, they they yeah. get the audience all churned up, and then it'd be your turn, starting from zero, and you got to be on for a long time when you're that right. Writer. And then they follow it with the dick joke. They talk about the troops in Iraq, and then they talk about their balls afterwards. I mean, that's... Well, let's not spoil our show for tonight. Okay, I won't. <laughs> I won't. You're but, right. Uh, so you got a little... You took a little bit of guff from the other comics. Or, oh, or, or maybe it was, it was perceived. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was. Because everybody's pretty much been nice to me. I can't think of too many jerks Well, I feel like... Years. I mean, obviously, anybody who lives around Dallas has had to have seen you because you've been a a comedian here for so long if they've been to a comedy show if they've been to a few comedy shows they've probably seen you but you don't go on the road that much and do you have your do you have you have a cd that people can get on itunes and stuff so that people can check you out i have just my music cds i have four of them i've done four wow cds of music that some of them uh, there's like one or two comedy songs on each one but for the most some of them most of them are non-comedic songs the other songs are like just regular songs. Just regular songs. You know who I saw? What genre would you describe? Oh, I as? guess it's, uh, I don't know. Is Americana a genre? Mm-hmm. Or, sure. I mean, I love you know Dylan and John Prine. I saw one of the best shows I've ever seen was Colin Hay from Man at, Men at Work. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw him in Amazing. LA. Hilarious. He's- a great singing voice. And just mesmerizing. It was awesome. He was uh, kind of a fixture at this place, Largo, in, mm-hmm. in Los Angeles. And I just heard him talking on Jeff Garland's awesome podcast. I, yeah, I heard that episode. Yeah, it mm-hmm. was great. And then Colin Hay also used to date a person, a woman that I knew from acting class. So I met him a couple of times mm-hmm. and had little, you know, com- small conversations with him. But, uh, yeah, he's a super funny guy. And then I went to see his show at Largo once or twice. And really, just these haunting, beautiful songs. He's so much more than, you know, everybody thinks it's, oh, Men at Work right. came from a land down under. Right. And that's what they think. Well, why would I go see Crazy that? Eye. But, yeah, but he just kind of, you go and you watch the show and it's hypnotizing and mm-hmm. transportational. It takes you out of yourself. And, uh, yeah, it was just, it was great. That's what I would like to do. You're shooting for that. But he also came from a very popular 80s. I've never been popular so I had to. <laughs> well, I, you know what? Here's the thing that I would say about that, because I feel like that is something that when I was in a dark moment of my own soul, I might actually say about myself in the sense that I have not, I have not been widely known. I've had a few occasions, you know, it kind of swells up. There's a mass awareness of you or a greater awareness and then a lesser awareness. But as far as popularity goes... I feel like one of the great things, and if I can give you a compliment while please, we're talking please on do. the internet, and this will go out into the internet, so technically I'm complimenting you mm-hmm. in front of the whole world. This isn't just some bullshit that I'm telling you in the back of the club. Okay. Um, 
one of the great things about you is I, you're so charming on stage and you come up and you immediately kind of disarm the situation. It's the exact opposite of what we were talking about of a feature act going up and trying trying to create a situation where they're more like than anyone else. You immediately go up and create a situation where everybody is liking everybody and we're all having a good time together and you kind of put them in this silly mode and you kind of get them into your mindset and way of looking at the world and people love you i mean i can't imagine you being unpopular with anyone in the crowd is is what i'm saying is that those people they might say um oh somebody else was funnier than you but they're never going to say that you are not funny mm-hmm. you know I, I sort of feel like you have this appeal about you that is you know subtle yet powerful well if you think number one i i, I want to kiss you for saying that it's very nice um well you know i like to i like to connect people i like it i like it to be a unique show that'll never happen again even if i'm doing some of the same jokes but i'm also mindful of the person in front of me and the person behind me so i i always make sure that if there's any kind of uh organized chaos that it doesn't carry over into your show or it's some or it's sometimes i just offer bits of of people's personalities that you can see that if you want to use you can if you don't want to use you can uh but there's been a few times when i felt i felt bad because i've had a good show but it kind of got out of hand and i also will destroy my show because (laughs) destroy it yes because if somebody's being real a real jerk and the club is not taking care of it, I will call them out and make make sure that they shut up just so they won't destroy your show. And so I'm very mindful of the progression of acts. I know my place. Well, now but, that you but you're running yourself down a little bit. No, 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 no. I, I feel like the things that you just describe are things that make you popular, not make you unpopular. But anyway, I kind of interrupted you on the saying you were not popular thing because you were making a broader point. Well, it's more – It's I, I've never been – Widely known. Widely known. I, you know, I'm – I've never been on major shows. I mean, I've been in a couple movies, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I mean, some people my age think about retirement. And, and to me, I haven't even done anything yet. That's in my mind. And that's a positive thing for me because it keeps me going. I mean, I love – I'm so excited about working tonight. Yeah, me too. Well, you know? I feel like I have done a lot of things, you know, maybe not as – many giant sized things as I thought I was going to do at this point at some earlier point, blah, blah, blah. But I've done a lot of things and I never, I don't think about retirement. I kind of got over that about 10, 15 years ago because I sort of, I mean, I've, I've tried to save money for, you know, our daughter's college and us to be able to take it easy or if I'm not able to make as much money in a week, a week as I can now, but I don't want to stop doing, I like, my life i right. i'm doing my favorite thing this show is the to go on stage in front of the audience who came to see you and we all have a good time that's like my favorite thing what would you do what would we do if we retired i feel kind of retired anyways and i'm still working yeah well that's the thing about having a good well that's what they say if you love your job yeah. you never have to work a day in your life that's why I, I admire people like you know dylan and neil young because they keep putting out albums 
they're not doing a greatest hits. Although I respect the bands that do that because they make a shit ton of money. But to, for, to be older guys, 60, 70 years old, and still, not every album's great, but they're still making music. Keep making more stuff. More stuff. Keep making more yeah. stuff. I do get how if you're a musician, you can get caught in the world of, look, Keith Richards, Mick Jagger, I need you to play Satisfaction, mm-hmm. and I need you to do it every and they will. show. And they every will. Every show. And they will. Every show. And they will. Yeah, that's what's great about them. There are people who get to be up in that top level of rock star fame who are like, I don't want to play. I'm only going to play all the mm-hmm. new stuff. And it's just like, well, you're breaking the... That's not why I married you. <laughs> right, right. But I, I understand that, I guess. Um, but I've never had that... You know, I still love playing my my songs. I don't get tired of playing because I don't play as much as I as I do stand up. So when I do a song swap or something, man, I I practice. What's a song swap? Song swap is you have three, usually three musicians on stage, and you take turns singing your song. And there's interjection between. I, I usually do it with people I know, and sometimes there'll be people. They're good enough musicians that they know my song or they they know the chords and they can play along and so it's it's a lot it's just a lot of fun i'm not good enough to play along on other people's i mean i'm fairly competent but i can't play lead or anything like that uh and you know we sometimes do covers or but for the most part it's your own original songs and Mm -hmm. i just and you make about twelve dollars but get a meal and it's like this is amazing this is amazing yeah it's, I just love the whole idea of, you know, I've done shows in L.A. where it doesn't pay mm-hmm. anything. You're just hanging at comedy shows, not music shows. Right. But but I totally get it. You're going out and you're hanging out with people that you like and you do you, you do a few minutes. And maybe it's supposed to be new material or it's a kind of an improvised show or something. And uh, it's just fun. I still, uh, each week, I'll do two or three open mics mm-hmm. just to go and I'll do, you know, five, six minutes and... It's. I really just. I'm lucky enough that you know the people that run it say just do what you want. So I can go up and I'll just pick one person and I'll talk to them. Mm-hmm. But you know, on in a a night when there's 45 comics going up, it's kind of a break from for the audience. You know that I don't have you know set up punchline, set up punchline. It's just yeah. So and that's how I kind of keep my chops just by going up and and just I don't have any any agenda or any motives i just go up and kind of talk and and see what comes out sometimes it's great sometimes it's all right usually it's fairly entertaining but usually it's only for four minutes you know yeah how bad can you mess up somebody's night in four minutes i can i can do it yeah, but i'm I mean, good if at you it had to if, if was, i had if that to. was what they said if they yeah. said dave i want you to go up there not only ruin the show mm-hmm. but destroy people's entire evening yes I would, I would, I wouldn't mind that. You'd accept that? Challenge. Yeah, I would. Just like I do comedy competitions, I would do that also. Uh huh. Well, you don't do comedy competitions anymore. When's the last one? You oh, did? I did the the improv. Yeah, Addison has one, the funniest comic in Texas, but it usually is only people from Houston and Dallas. <laughs> yeah, they do one every year. Now, where are the big scenes in in uh, Texas? Houston and Dallas, of Austin, course, but Austin, Austin must have and San Antonio. Yeah, San yeah. Antonio. They have two clubs, I think. Really? Yeah. I've I've never worked the club in San Antonio. I've only done private shows there. Yeah, it's they had at, at a mall like River Center. Uh, one of the 
Uh, last comic standing auditions was down there. Oh, that was that was when Ant. Ant was one of the judges. Uh huh. It was. I think it was a year after. Is Ant and Kathleen Madigan and Alonzo. Well, I I know Alonzo and Kathleen, and I really like them. I don't know Ant. Yeah. Ant didn't. He he said he didn't get it when I did my three minutes or whatever. He didn't get it. Yeah. Kathleen, who I'd worked with, passed me on. Said yes, and then Alonzo goes, you Dave, your your act's kind of like a roller coaster. And I go, that, that's a good thing, right? Where you just want to go we at the end. And he goes, but I can't pass you on. So. Yeah. That's a tough thing being a, a judge of a. Oh yeah. I feel like you have to take that job if you're. Kathleen or Alonzo mm-hmm. or Ant or me or you, I would take a job being the judge on a comedy competition show. But then once you're in there, it's like, what the hell am I supposed yeah. to do now? I've got to, I like everybody. You're a friend. I want to support everybody. Yeah. But you can't just, I mean, I suppose, what if you just radically said, I like everybody. I think they're all great. And they right. all deserve to go on. And we can't, we're never going to just, you'd get fired as the judge. It's like is what being a trustee in prison, you know? And then all of a sudden you get thrown back into the general population. The you're gonna, pop. Yeah. You're going to die. So we're going to kill you because you're, you're going to run into some of those comics on the road that you said, you know, you're not very good. I like that you just switched right back into comics. Well, you were in, I was in prison with you being released into the general population, mm-hmm. and then you were running into comics on the road. It was confusing to me. I don't think comics are as a rule – anywhere near as dangerous as convicts and we're generalizing about we both are. groups i think so but which what break it down for me well i'm just saying that when you're a judge on one of those it's kind of like being a a trustee so you you've given yeah. you're given you're get given privileges or whatever you're j- judging yeah and then after the show's over your privileges are taken away. Right. And you're thrown back into the general population, mm-hmm. going on the road, staying in hotels with other comics and condos with other comics that you perhaps have made mad. Right. Well, no, I do understand why yeah. you, why it w- I wouldn't want to. I would, I look, my thing about other comics is go for it. I'm happy yeah, to be successful. Your thing, how, if I could understand your thing. I, you're, it's individual. You're, it's a relationship that you have with the audience. So it's like if it's working or if it's not working, who cares what I think? Everybody wants to make fun of, you know, all the younger comics want to make fun of like Dane Cook. You know what? When I can sell out they the American... They done making fun of him by now. <laughs> I don't know. But what, if I could sell out the American Airlines Center, then I might make fun of him. But I can't. Oh, dude. I'm, there's no so, point to make it. I, there's no... Don't... It's just negative. It's just... Why, why do... The worry only about thing I act. would say about to Dane Cook, if I ever met him, is like, dude, how can I achieve what you achieved? <laughs> you know? With so little. Can I... Well, no, I wouldn't no, I'm say that. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. Because no, I wouldn't I either. He's, cool. I he's charismatic. Laugh. I actually charismatic? laugh at Dane Cook. Yeah. Charismatic. Yeah, charismatic. Charismatic. He's probably charismatic, too. <laughs> in that's some other language. Capricious. Not, he's capricious. Ooh, I'm not sure that I can accuse him of that. Okay. Because I don't know what that means exactly. But um, anyhow, how do you know so much about trustees in prison? I don't. I don't. Well, I, 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 Have saw, you ever, I saw The Longest Yard. Yeah. Shawshank Redemption. Everybody's yeah, that seen too. that. Yeah. yeah. Have you um, ever been arrested? Yes, I have. I got a DWI a long time ago, back when it wasn't, it was kind of popular before you had to, this was in the, I was like 18 or 19. DWI, some people call it a DUI, some states driving under the influence. Right, yeah. Um, 
So I was DWI is actually driving while intoxicated. intoxicated. I don't know what the difference. Well, I guess. Anyway, it was a long time yeah, ago. It was a long time ago, and I had. They get you on a breathalyzer thing, or was it even, was it just like you're hammered? Come on. Oh man, because a long time ago they. It was a long time ago. Yeah, a long time ago they didn't breathalyze you. They just did you do the alphabet? I had. I was running from the cops. Oh, they turned the flasher on, and you decided. I decided. You know what? I. I can make it to the highway where I can go faster. No, nah, no. Nah. It was like on a drag strip in, in Texas a long time ago called Forest Lane where people would just go up and down, you know, like uh, American Graffiti. Oh, not a drag strip. No. Like a, a, a stretch of road where people yeah. would just drive up and drive Up and back. down. And I was by myself, and I had a had a 12-pack and— by yourself with a 12 pack you were drinking while driving yeah oh you yeah. were driving while intoxicated you could kind of do that while driving. you could do that back then no yeah. it was legal to drink a beer in your car um, i don't know i don't know the law but anyways i uh, obviously <laughs> i mean uh, most people realize like when the police turn the lights I on i was you 18 don't try in florida 18 sure I was, I, and the drinking age was probably 18 then it was too. 18 yes it was so it, you weren't breaking three laws uh, no so i was just doing were, the one we're driving while intoxicated, drinking in your car while driving, and then mm-hmm. running away from the police. Yeah, and then they stopped me. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, a motorcycle guy stopped me. Um, it's a I'm good... surprised he didn't try to just knock him off his motorcycle. Mr. Well, he had stopped, and he was pointing a gun through the windshield at me. Are you serious? I am serious, yeah. Wow. Yeah, that, that'll get you to stop. What's that feel like when you're Not, 18 years old? Well, you need a new pair of pants. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah. And wow. uh, then, you know, I, I don't remember getting beat up or anything, but I went to the drunk tank and uh, called my stepfather. And we, we, we got a, an attorney, and I, I, I had like a year probation or something. So it was back when, you know, I mean, obviously it's serious, but if you it wasn't. Done, if you did that. Now it, it you'd would lose your license for uh, a year. You probably, probably spend time and a in shit jail. ton of money or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So, so yes, that I guess that's how I know about trustees. <laughs> for your one night in the drunk tank, <laughs> you probably can't remember much about the drunk tank now at this time. Or uh, I, I just remember hoping I didn't have to go to the bathroom because there's just a well, bunch you already of, crapped your pants. There's so. just a bunch of drunks in there. Yeah. We all know what drunks do. I sobered up really quick. Yeah, I bet. A guy pointing a gun at you, mm-hmm. that's gonna that's a real wake up call. It is a wake up call. In fact, that's instead of an alarm clock. Yeah, they got how about an iPhone app? <laughs> <laughs> you hear that's, a gunshot and you look at your phone yeah. and it's just a guy point, FaceTiming you yeah. with a gun. Yeah. Nap's mm-hmm. over. Yeah. Time to get up. Mm-hmm. Well, well I'm glad I asked. I guess I am. I don't know. <laughs> I mean ever, I'm certainly not proud of it. No, but no, it was a long I mean, time ago. I, no, I get it. We're we're laughing about it now because it's in the past. It's hilarious now. Thank God no one was hurt. No, I know, especially me. <laughs> yeah, especially right? you. I mean, let's say that. Yeah. Well, you were someone's son at that time. You were just a young man. I still am. Yeah, me too. But now you're a parent. You know, I am a parent. Like to imagine. Oh my God! Imagine getting a phone call. Well, don't don't imagine getting a phone call from the police where one of your sons has been shot. By the police. No. Don't imagine that. <laughs> well, how can I not now? I know. This is... Sorry. It's, I'm sorry. This is I'm not fun. This is... That. Stop being fun. I'm a little bit drunk right now. That's, <laughs> <laughs> so you make some mistakes. Uh-huh. Um, anyway, have you visited any foreign countries? Uh, just Mexico. I, I don't like to travel. 
No, I know. Well, you've done, no. you, uh, I met, well, we met, we were talking about that in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. So I know that you've been there on the road. I mean, I was on the road for straight for like nine years. Going far out of state. Yeah. You far know, afield in Oregon the and, yeah, and, and Washington and everything, doing those, those gigs and driving. And, and it just got to where I, I, I hate it now. Was that before you married your lady? Uh, and, and during mm-hmm. and some of it too. I got off the road when our second child was about two, I think. Mm-hmm. And then I, I, you know, I still go out now cause they're in both in college, but I go out with the uh, Frank Caliendo every now and then he takes me out. Mm-hmm. That's fun. Ron White sometimes. So. It sounds like fun. It is good times. I, I do like going out. Um, but. Those guys both do they have tour buses? Ron does, not not Frank. Do and get, Ron's got a plane too. Do you get to ride on his plane? I did fly in his plane twice. What was a that? Like? Years, amazing. Jet. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. We'll I had to fly to Atlanta. So you fly on just a stupid American Airlines thing. To Atlanta for Atlanta, Atlanta. And then his guy picked me up and we went up to Ron's place and uh yeah, he had at a jet. It was Great. What do you mean his plate? His jet goes to his house? No, you have to take a limo to the. So you go from the regular everybody airport yeah. to Ron's house. Then you hang out a little while. Then mm-hmm. you get in the car with him and ride to. Yeah. The, and then it's a, is it a whole other airport? Sometimes the yeah, it's just jets, like a small airport. Yeah, the yeah. private jets. It's yeah. a whole other secret place to yeah. take off. It from was Mars. great. For all we know, those guys are going back and forth to the moon or. Well, I don't know. We didn't on our trip. We just flew to no, Washington. No, they're not going to take us to no. the moon. They're going to the moon. There's some. The backside of the moon is just full of. It's Ron White and Jerry Seinfeld and you think so? You know, the Oak Ridge Boys. I, I don't what <laughs> giddy up, um, papa, mau mau. I don't know. I have you tested that theory with anybody? No, but mm-hmm. I know that uh, some of these super successful, wealthy. You know, the people who are popular, right? you know, by your definition. Yeah, and they, by anybody's and definition. Well, look, once you have, I don't know how much money. Let's forget about those guys. Once you got Bieber's money, uh-huh. you're, you know he's partying on the backside of the moon or deep near the core of the earth. You know where it's hot, where they have to take their shirts off because mm-hmm. it's so hot. They're getting close to the core of the you earth. You think so? They're just down there dancing. They're probably on, dancing down there now on some – while we're asleep, they're taking some – drug that is not available to us that allows you to not sleep and during that eight hours of their day they're having an unbelievable party time so the parties that we see them at during our wake-up time on earth are nothing compared to the to the real parties that they're having in this underground you've thought this out i think no i just made it up right now that doesn't sound it (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> yeah, the middle of the earth. That's exactly where not they the are. The middle, middle, because that's molten. That's stupid. Metal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's not ridiculous. what you. Yeah, that's you, what you said is certainly logical. Well, it's a, it's not. I wouldn't say it's logical, but I would right. say it's a little bit different. Yeah, than what you. I said. think we can all agree. Backside of the moon is yeah. I, I think the I might have been out of line with the backside of the moon, but this kind of subterranean party center. Mm-hmm. Where there's different ones all over the earth, I think that's completely possible. I guess, I guess anything's possible, but I, that doesn't sound okay. probable. Okay. I mean, that's it's your podcast. No, I know. Well, I want you to have a good time. I'm though. having a great time. I mean, I'm a little. You were worried about my trusty analogy, 
What the fuck do I do with that? I probably got out of line. Yeah, I got out of line. I should let you make up some more stuff. I don't know if that's... No, I mean, this is a tandem thing. I mean, we both have mics. Yeah, we're in it together. Uh, Absolutely we are. It's a gorgeous day. So, on those trips... On in the private jet or what is does Frank Frank he doesn't have a tour bus no, no so you just show up at the club and he's there and then you do the show and that's it right but he's he's very gracious and uh, he brings his own show so his you know George Cantor yes yeah would well, he brings we George Phoenix yeah yeah and then so you know he brings like the middle is a headliner and the opener is like a middle so it's just mm-hmm. a good good show and Frank pays me out of whatever the club. So pays he, me. he gets a, he gets money for the whole show, and then he pays you guys out of that. Um, yeah, he says this is what I'm going to pay you. I know the club doesn't pay much. I'm going to make up for that, and I'm going to f- I'll fly you. So he flies flies me the opener, mm-hmm. and also you know puts me up. So he's virtually he's or you know technically he's paying you out of his pocket because he could be keeping that yeah. money. Oh yeah, and they could just but hire it's some worth local it. Local bozo. Yeah, and he doesn't want to do that. Yeah, he wants the show to be you know it's it, he wants it clean, which I'm fine with. I mean, I, I love saying all the words, but if I there's certain words I can't say, I'm I'm fine mm-hmm. with that. Just tell me, and I'll do it. Yeah. yeah, and he's just he's just a nice. I mean, I I don't know. I've been very lucky. I I find that uh, headliners and people I've worked with, with few exceptions, have been just really fun and nice. I well, like there's them. A, there's, I feel like there's a lot of nice people in show business. There are a few creeps yeah. or weirdos or people mm-hmm. who are on a bad path right. for a little it while. It could have been a bad week, too, and you just happened to be working with them. But, but when you were with Frank or um, Ron, you never went to any kind of subterranean party? No. Okay. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No, and that, so that's why I don't think it's... Because Ron, Frank, Frank is not a partier, but Ron, Ron, I believe Ron has partayed. Well, he drinks scotch right on stage and he kind of, he, yeah, he says that he does. Yeah. So if he would, you'd feel like if he was going to a party, you'd be invited. You I know, mean, are you, is he, is he under your supervision entirely after the show? No. Yeah. No. So there, he could be sneaking off somewhere. Probably so. Yeah. yeah. Probably. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah, he's sneaking off somewhere. Did you get to ride on the bus? I never rode on the tour bus. I yeah. just did. Uh, we went to Washington, came back to Atlanta, and then went to Detroit and came back. Mm. So played the Fox Theater in Detroit, which is 4,000 people. Yeah, and if you've never been booed place. by 4,000 people, it's amazing. <laughs> you did not get booed by I did four. not get booed, but there's always somebody that, you know, I'm, I'm not wrong. Although... There's an announcement. The opening act is a friend of Ron's. He handpicked. Please welcome Dave Little or whoever it is. Right. But there's always where's Ron? Man, I don't know. I don't. Or he's right over here. Just be patient. It can either be 20 minutes of silence, or you can kind of see if you like what I do. But Ron's not coming on for another 20 minutes. So let's let's make the most of it. Let's do it. We're in this together. Those are harder. Given the things that I like to do, you know, it's, describe the things that you like to do. Well, I like to talk to people, and yeah. and you have to be you have to be bigger. And well, you, in a four thousand seat venue, it's hard for three thousand of those people to be, or maybe even thirty five hundred mm-hmm. of those people, because a comedy club is between 
you know, 204, 500, yeah, maybe. Yeah. That would be a giant club. So you're talking about 3,500 people who are trying to figure out what the hell is going on. Right. One, only one of you has got a mic. Yeah. So, I, you know, there's tricks you learn. You learn to repeat what they say and kind of slow it down a little bit. And I don't do as much audience interaction, but I still like to make it kind of, I mean, I like to make it comfortable for me too and have fun but guitar do you bring the guitar on uh ron likes me to play guitar so i will play a guitar song yeah yeah but uh i haven't worked with him in a while so mm-hmm. i miss him <laughs> oh, it's, it's, i miss, I miss ron too i did a gig uh two uh, not last year but the year before hit one of his com- ron white's comedy salute for the troops mm-hmm. and it was really a fun show and i had a great time mm-hmm. And I was I was really happy that he included me on that. Kathleen was on that show. Okay, it was a really fun night. Yeah, and I got to go on a bus because we got to take the bus from the hotel to the Grand Ole Opry where they taped. The was show. it his bus? Yeah, it was his bus. Then I, I'm guessing there was Red Hot Chili Peppers playing because that's his band. He loves he loves them. Oh my gosh! I can't remember what was playing. His girlfriend actually, his girlfriend. The bus was maybe it was his girlfriend's bus because the it was painted. It had her pink on the outside of it. Oh, okay. Who's Pictures now his her. wife? The singer? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe she was his wife at that time. I get confused. I know. It's... Or who's married to who nowadays. They're so rich. I just... <laughs> well, I worry about me. I worry about you, too, a little bit. They got problems. I got problems, too, but they, they seem to have more problems. They're more public. Rich people's problems are more public. Yeah. Well, I tweet my problems, so I... At least a oh, thousand... I should have read your tweets before it... Um, you came up to the hotel room today. What what are what's one of your problems that you're having right now? Oh, I I just uh, uh, hmm. I don't know. I try to be. I try to. I I don't really publicize much or, or do links or anything. I just try to. A lot of times it's just I I'm at my my favorite bar, just sitting there, and I'll just start tweeting. Fire up some tweets. Fire up some tweets. It's fun. I enjoy it. Yeah, tweeting I, is fun. I love tweeting it, and because fun. it's you know you're it. it you're edited. It's 140 characters. I wish it was about. I wish it was more like 200. I feel like I could get a lot more done in 200 characters. Maybe so, but then uh, you think about it I ju- as an exercise. It's kind of you know you have to get to it quickly. I know, but sometimes I feel like on the tweets with only 140, you start deleting important things, like you're cutting off body parts to make weight. That's when you do dot dot, moon. dot dot dot. And there's why do you go back to the Moon flights. I just, I would love it if we could go to the moon and party one time before it's over. Before what's over? This, our short time on Earth. Mm. Who knows? What do you think happens when we die? I don't think we go to the backside of the moon. <laughs> no, I don't either. I don't either. Or in middle middle Earth. I don't think do we do that Do you think it's just zero dirt, negative, over, I, that's it? I think so. Yeah, probably. I don't know. I, I think probably that's it. But I just, I like, I'd rather make up something better than that while i'm here you know i mean there'll be plenty enough time for that to happen whenever it happens but now while i'm imagining that i'm just pretending whatever's going to happen i'd rather pretend something better than nothing all right well let me ask you this would you rather be killed instantly or just know you have a week to go oh and you're dying on the same day. You're dying on the same it's day. Not, it's not like, hey, would you rather die today yeah. or a week from now? Because you you're have dying, a- You're going to die a week. You, you're going to die on the same day, but would you rather know a week ahead of time or not? Y- yeah. Or do you have... Or, or, or you're, it's an illness. 
Yeah, or is whatever. That, is that week that you have? Is it just moaning and pain? And I don't know. People are trying to kiss you and tell you shit, and you're just like, I can't even deal with talking to you. This hurts so bad. No, I think it's just you know you're dying, so you were left with decisions mm-hmm. about you know. Well, all right, do I start? praying or do i start just going you know whatever happens happens as opposed to just the way you are is the way you are when you're dead mm-hmm. hit by a bus dead i'm super glad that i don't have to make that choice first of all for right real. Well, you, well for real yeah. but i mean always when i try and think about this is a thing that a person can think about when they get, when sure. they get to be a certain age you know right. like what's what's it going to be like i think the beauty of having the time is that you get to tell everybody you know, how much you love them and you're going to miss them. Or if you got, you finally, finally, hopefully during that last week of your fucking life, you can get someone to listen to you about what you're, here's, here's what's important in life. Or here's, here's what I think you should do. Maybe they'll actually pay attention as opposed to the rest of your life when nobody really cares what you've got to say because they're too busy with what they're doing and what they're thinking. Here's, so that would be nice. Here's what I find odd is because I've had to do this. You have a friend who who dies suddenly or whatever i mean they're in their 40s or 30s or whatever and there's a wake or whatever and then afterwards people get up and say nice things Uh who gives a shit you're doing that for you how about on birthdays on your birthday you gather people and they talk to you like you're not there anymore dude this is exactly what I have been pitching as a great idea is the pre-death funeral. Where oh, yeah. You throw a funeral for yourself. You go, hey, look, I'm not going to be there for my actual funeral, but I would love it if you came to this funeral and you can say some nice things about me because I would like to, I'd like to hear them. Here, and here's what's going to happen. feel good. I'm going through a tough time in my life. Yeah. And I'm try- I'd like to know what you think about me. I was in an improv. Positive things. But- I was in an improv group, and that was one of the... The drills we did one time is like I would sit in a chair and somebody would sit on either side of me and all they do is say nice things about you, true things. Mm -hmm. And in 30 seconds, you start tearing up and it's an amazing cleanse and they're just not, they're not, it's not bullshit. They're just going, you know, whether it's, I just, I like the choices you make on stage and I like what you wear and stuff like that. I mean, that's just an amazing life empowering moment that is free it is free i i was just thinking about it though because uh, i mean sometimes when i when people want to give me a compliment i'll i'll sort of oh that's nice of you and that's i'm flattered and i'll say that kind of i don't really soak it in mm-hmm. you're talking about soaking it because i i just made a big night not just but in while since we've been yeah. on this podcast i just made a little nice speech about you great but you didn't cry no but it wasn't. Was you know, it? It on, wasn't everything that you'd hoped for. It was awesome, uh-huh. and and you've said uh, things like that before, and it's very nice, and I love it because I love working with you, and so to have somebody say that it's very nice. But you can, if if it's a, a barrage of that in each year, uh huh. So they're taking turns. They're just going at no. They're not even taking turns. So you're getting bits and pieces of it. So it's just like we're going to do Dave right now, and a whole room full of people starts saying. It's just this. one on each side, mm-hmm. saying oh, nice man. things. That's nice. But the the pre funeral thing, I just don't. I don't understand why people don't. Whether they think it's morbid or whatever, I think people would probably feel like it was a little egotistical, and then it would turn into a roast. You know, because people would feel like, 
well, this is kind of bullshit that we're all just supposed to come in here and pretend Dave's dead. I'm, I'm going to, he's not dead. He's right there. No, speaking I'm, of death, I'm did you see his at, last show? I'm going to oh, take my a God. shot. Yeah. Well, which would be fine too. Mm-hmm. I mean, mix that in. Why have rules? Well, I do know several comedians who on their big birthday, they've had a roast, you know, with the local comedy scene. Mm-hmm. They do that in Denver quite a bit. They've done it here a couple times. So usually it's for people who leave to L- to go to L.A. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, they're back in a week because it, it's hard. A week? Uh, one guy was. He was back in about three weeks. And it's like, what oh, the man. hell? We, we just did a big deal for you. That's tough going. Tough going. But having friends out there, and I understand them coming back. Well, you got to think it through when you're making one of those big career moves. Move to like how that sounds like if you go out there and you're back in three weeks, there's some piece of the. He didn't think it through. He didn't think it through at yeah. all. Yeah. So it's not so much that he got spanked. It's mm-hmm. like he just really made a mistake that he didn't know what he was getting into. And yeah. he, some piece of his puzzle was missing. And there's plenty of information out there as to how hard it is and a crapshoot. But it could be great. Yeah, it could be great, but if you haven't ha- if you haven't got a plan about you, usually it's somebody who doesn't have a plan of like okay how are you going to make a a living until you know the miracle happens. Yeah. I don't understand people who can't get work in this town that go out there. It's if you can't get work here, it's a little bit. Although to be fair, you can be seen out there. I mean, I can do a great set tonight in Addison. Nobody in L.A. gives a shit. Well, that's the thing, though. I've seen people move there from places where they were really funny, but they were kind of quirky mm-hmm. or, or off-center, and so they weren't getting work in comedy clubs because, yeah. look, our one-nighter at this bar, you, people are not going to get you. So They're going to kill you. But they go out to Los Angeles, yeah. and there's this awesome alternative scene where people are respectful. They pay attention to the show. Right. Even though those gigs don't really pay anything, Right, you can be seen, and then then guys like that can get a writing career or or a, or a little acting career going, or they start a sketch thing or something like right. that. So yeah, I do I do see how that is. There are things that I you can't predict coming from somewhere else, but that's a big chance to go. Look, I'm not getting work here. Right, I'm going to go there, and that's going to change. Quirky is one thing, shitty's another. And sometimes there's there's a, there is a definite line between the two. It's a definite line. It's yeah. not a fine line. No, it's a definite line. No, the line between quirky and shitty. Those are so far it's apart. It's a cinder block line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are really far apart, but not in the minds of the shitty people. They think I'm just I'm misunderstood. I'm a mis I'm an I'm sure this genius. happens to you. I, I'm amazed at comics that talk about you. You watch what they did, and they come off, and they think it was the best thing that's ever happened and it's like that oh i mean you were okay but you know i i mean and i i will sometimes err on being a little bit negative but i i always come off going i could have done better and i'm not going to say oh you mean as far as yourself yeah yeah i'm I'm never going to come off go i just i i don't think i've ever said man i killed it well i think that's a good i mean you want to have good enough self-esteem that you're not just miserable and beating yourself up right. all the time but i think is a recipe to be a, a growing artist or creative person you want to always be taking a look at yourself and saying like this is what i was trying to do did i do that mm-hmm. what can i do to make it better you know and not you don't want to be walking around all the time well i nailed that right it's like scoring a touchdown and going crazy act like you've been there 
before. Act like you've scored a touchdown before, not like no big this deal. is my first time. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, I yeah, and I say that I'm very confident <laughs> in what I do uh-huh. and what I do, mm-hmm. and there's no turning back, and I'm well aware of that. And uh, You're but, down a path doing your thing. You've made a choice, as you said at the beginning. Boy, you did I ever. Choice. Did I ever make a choice? Um, but, yeah, I just I, – I don't pat myself on the back that much, but I don't beat myself up either. You know, I also know that sometimes it just – man, it just wasn't in the cards. Mm-hmm. I did the best I could, you know, and, you know, even even – you know, and that's the thing about doing it year after year after year. Your, your shitty is not that bad. It, they they were still entertained, but you didn't have your best show. I think that's what we try to well, uh, I, and I get think to. that's true. After you've been doing stand up for a while, unless you're trying some completely like never say anything that you've ever said before mm-hmm. kind of a show, you, you know that your worst show is not going to be anywhere near what your worst show was twenty years. Oh ago. yeah, if it and if it is, then then you would qualify for the shitty instead of the quirky wake up call yeah or not or not sometimes i saw i got respect for those guys that are just hammering away and that can't you know because i can be a person who gets discouraged a little bit like oh if this was meant to happen bigger things should be happening to me but uh i i do kind of really admire some of those guys who are just you know they're still doing the same act that they've been doing for 15 years. It's not getting any better. The audience response is not getting any better. But they are still signing up for things and driving places and going out to get gigs. There's some little piece. You know, if I could just get that little part of that gene or chromosome that does that for them, that allows them to be able to just keep punching in and showing up for a job that they obviously are not cut out for. But what if that gene takes away your talent? Well, I'm. Uh, this is my fantasy day. Okay. <laughs> uh, are you down in Middle Earth somewhere when this happens? No, I'm no, sure you are. Tanning yourself? No, I'm not. But this, I don't know if I... Res- circle back to... See, I just pitched you this fantasy that I had, mm-hmm. and you tried to add, attach some other little qualification. I was just was listening. Like, I was listening. But it was like your question about, uh, would you rather die instantly or uh-huh. know that you've got a week to go first? And then... Right. I immediately wanted to ask questions about well, let's, what's that week like? Mm-hmm. You know, before right before I take a pass on knowing about it. That's I'd what like we do. That That's fine. Yeah. I don't know if I, re- I because those are people, especially. I'm. I don't know how many open mics you go to in in L.A. or anything, but you know, here you do see the same guys doing the same the lifers four minutes, and so I I, I guess I only get. I don't even get mad at them, but it's it's when they're taking away time from younger comics who are trying to find their mm-hmm. way. It's like, okay, just you, you need you you're done. You have to let's let the young guys get get yeah. There. Or or I wouldn't say you're done. I would say you know you got to write a couple. I don't. New, I think you got to write a couple new jokes. I think you take a gun to them. I think you shoot them in the head. Yeah, Dave, I just I'm worried about a situation where one day I'm looking at the guy with a gun and saying, Really? I thought <laughs> no, I was it's not you. No, I mean I'd like to think it's not me. It's not you. But do you think those guys they're not worried about the gun coming out? So maybe that's why I'm saying, know. how do you know if you're that guy or not that guy? I mean, I, I know that I'm not that guy. You're not that guy. At least I'm pretty sure. But how does he he doesn't know that he's not that he, guy? He need he needs more people telling him. 
That's the thing. Who's going to do that? I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to be, I'm not the judge of some kind of comedy show of life. It's not my business. Well, but don't people come up to you and, and that, that's one of the things that I like at open mics is that I, I, I'll talk to anybody. I, I don't think I'm just because I've done it a long time. It doesn't matter. But if people want to talk to me, I'm going to be honest. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times I haven't really seen their act or anything, but I can tell them, you know, you should edit. You should take things out. Well, you're talking about if somebody asks you for advice. Advice, yeah. yeah you'll give them advice. Yeah, sure. Uh, or they'll pitch a joke, and I go, I, I don't think that's funny, and this is why I don't think that's funny. And the audience didn't think that was funny. I don't know why you still continue to – I won't say it quite like that. Yeah. But I, I would express my opinion, but I, was, I, would, I would always kind of qualify it with, like, what the – you're asking me. I'm just one person. I I'm do not, say I that. I didn't even pay a ticket. Yeah. I, I didn't even buy a ticket. But if they're coming up to you, they they probably respect you. You know, yeah. I don't have a you know a, a a Lucy tent advice five minutes or whatever five dollars or five seconds or whatever. I went off on a tangent there. Um, but I'll just sit at the bar, you know, drinking my wine, and if people want to talk to me, <laughs> it, it is sad. I know it you were, is. Sad. You just painted a picture. Like for a second, you were for more than a second, you were the kind of the sage of the Dallas comedy scene, which I think is probably fairly accurate. Like, you're a guy who's got a lot of experience, who's worked a lot, who's funny, who people like and respect, and then then you turned into this wino. I'm a little bit of both. I have had... I've seen about four peer groups leave. Uh-huh. You know, so... And it's kind of hard because those are my my friends, and so I have to kind of have new friends that are, stay yeah. here. That I don't have to text all the time that I can actually see. So. Well, but that's I, I feel that that same thing. You know, I watch young younger people go on and have big success. It's exciting. It is it's exciting. exciting. But you do sort of feel like, oh, I'm I'm with. But then that on the other hand, you are and I are constantly meeting new talented people. I hate them. I hate them all. Hate them. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. No, and I don't. I know you don't. I, I'll just I I would just be honest, just like I people were honest with me when I was starting out and uh you know, uh you know, trying to find your point of view and, and editing is just the I, I mean tape your tape your set and write it down and then take out the words that the ums and the you know what I mean and this yeah, and that. You gotta and, take a you gotta take an object, objective look at yeah. your subjective experience right. of the show. Which is key. I think that's very important. How is music different than comedy? Um, in that's in the sense that you're you're a performer of both and you're a creator in both areas. How would you would you describe them as more similar than different? Or well, for music, you you can you can be louder than the audience, which forces them to listen to you, which is nice. Mm -hmm. Well, but, and you could also be look. I'm doing my thing, and you can do your thing. Yeah, that's that's true. They don't have to listen to every. They can just be listening to the music instead of the lyrics. Which mm -hmm. in comedy you have to listen to the the lyrics. It's very well. Important. Not only that, you you have a part. Right. You have a part. Yeah. You know, if you're not laughing, right, it's not a song anymore. Mm -mm. No, right. it's not. So, uh, but I I view each song as almost like a closing bit. I mean, you're constantly trying to write closers. Mm -hmm. You know, and uh, so I. Uh, it was funny when I when I started just singing like regular at regular clubs that weren't comedy clubs. I wouldn't talk to the audience or try to be funny, and it was very 
unnerving. And finally, I just go, you know what? I can't help who I am. And so I'm just going to be, I, I might tell a, not, not a joke for my act, but just be me. And then I might sing a sad song. And it was very freeing for me, but it took right. me a, a year or two to. Well, I feel like people do like that. We were talking about Colin Hay, and that's one of the great yeah. things about him is he's such a charming person. And sometimes when you're listening to people's music, you're you're kind of filling in the blanks of what they must be like as a person. When you go see them live, that's what you want to find out. Right, who they it's are. like, I know what the songs are like, and I love them, and I want to hear them. But I also want to find out about you and what are you like, where do these songs come from. And so... I feel like my most enjoyable, or some of my, not all, but some of my most enjoyable experiences watching live music are where you get a sense of the performer. You know, of who they are. A little, yeah. That's my, my favorite comedians, too. I'm, I mean, I, I, I enjoy Goofy, but I, much, I like much more when people talk about their lives and the things mm-hmm. they're going through. And, and the one thing about uh, comedians, musicians, they get judged differently because audiences when they hear a comic they don't think it's funny they go i'm funnier than that guy but when you see a guy play the guitar you go i don't know if i like his music but i can't play the guitar so i'm gonna respect him a little bit more yeah yeah people do think that's just a guy talking i can talk i can talk i've made people laugh before right and even they don't really get like hey what would it be like to try and talk for 50 minutes to strangers to strangers and get them to laugh yeah and even if you're not laughing, there's enough people laughing that you still have to realize that guy's doing a thing that you couldn't do. But right. that's not that you're right. That's not the way people generally think about it. They they think about it as, hey, he's talking, I can talk. Yeah. Which is why I've always wished that I could play the guitar. You know, to be like you do a great show and then you whip the guitar out at the get end and you go, See, it seems like I'm magical yeah. and I am. You like that, and you're going to love this. Yeah. And then do magic afterwards. Do guitar and magic. Yeah, close with a magic trick. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, do a pen and teller th- thing or, or whatever. Yeah. You're playing the guitar, and at the end you do one of those windmill kind of... Pete Townsend. Pete Townsend uh-huh. windmill, uh-huh. and you turn into a beautiful lady, uh-huh. and then you turn into a bird, and you fly away. To the merch table. <laughs> no, to the you dark side some... of the moon oh, for the God. after party. <laughs> Yeah, you fly away to the merch table. That's how we make our money. Or not. Well, I, I do. I have a, a little merch. People don't. You have to. Well, you have to, to, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because sometimes the clubs, they've got their overhead and what they want to pay. So you may right. actually make. It's like you don't make most of your money at the merch table. But I think you, people like to, to I think buy people stuff. want to say hello. They want to get a little piece yeah. of it. They want to support you. Mm-hmm. Um Less and less, I'm noticing less CDs and DVDs now, and more. I think you have to do T-shirts. Yeah, because people buy their people buy their CDs and DVDs mm-hmm. online. Yeah, kinda, they suck it out of the yep. internet, don't they? But, yeah, Is but that, t- are you noticing that? I I do, because I don't. I've never had a comedy CD or anything. So I thought you did have a comedy CD. It wasn't really. Uh, it, uh-huh. it wasn't really. It kind of was, but it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why my act is fresh because it's never been. <laughs> On TV <laughs> or recorded. Well, it is funny how, just in general, in a nightclub, not not that there. You know, when I started, there were headliners that would repeat their same. They had their forty-five minute mm-hmm. headliner set, which now a headline set is more fifty or an yeah. hour sometimes, but forty-five sometimes. And they had that forty-five fifty minutes, and they would do that for a decade mm-hmm. without changing yeah. any of it. Right. 
and then they would get afraid. Like now, like I can't, this is, I am this time. That's when they start the drinking. <laughs> yeah, because they're on automatic pot. Yeah, all because time. I can't suffer through this without my vodka. But nowadays you gotta you gotta turn it over a little bit. Well, more. you do. I mean, especially with you know all the shows and and YouTube and everything. Um, but you can. But that even that said, there's there's you can I could go up and on stage and do material for my last Letterman, which yeah. is on the internet. And I think people want to hear it too. I think they get disappointed when oh you didn't do that joke. Yeah, yeah. Well, you can't do everything. You yeah. Can't do all. It's not like a band though, where it's yeah. the greatest hits. They don't. Sometimes they want to hear it because they like it, or they want to hear it because they brought someone that they mm-hmm. told about it. That then they can say they saw it, but they don't want you to do all the same, all the same stuff. But I think you know, get, getting back to the merch, if you can have something that pertains to your act, which you do, or just you know, people like people like t-shirts, and and you can sell them for you know twenty bucks or whatever, and make a little chunk of change. And yeah, yeah. And it's, not a, it's not a fortune. I like to do it just because it's a it's an excuse to stand there, yeah. and talk to people, and not be a jerk and go and want people to come up to you and go oh you're really good yeah I mean, you don't there. feel like you're fishing yeah. for compliments you yeah. feel like look i'm available if you want to talk would like to say hello mm-hmm. or have a little conversation i'm right here and you you know people want some people want to get their picture taken or a book i need to write a book uh I, I i always wonder if those guys who've written books if they sell many books after the show i don't know like do people are they fired up like if I always feel like, look, if they don't, if they don't want to buy a CD or a DVD now, which is a, which is your act, mm-hmm. maybe not the one you just did. It's a different. Like, hey, if you like that hour, here's another hour that you can go home and watch tomorrow. But they're like, no, I would just like one little joke on a T-shirt mm-hmm. or a bumper sticker or or whatever. If if that's where their mentality is, how are they going to buy a book? I mean, the DVD, you just put it in a machine and it happens to you. A book, man, you got to open that thing up and suck the words out of it that's true that is how you read that's true you've got that down <laughs> yeah i thought so i mean i did i just wanted to make sure that i understood reading i don't know i worked with kevin pollack and he had a book and i think he you know signs it and i think you're elevated again it's like you know oh you can see him at the improv or at barnes and noble doing a and i would love to do that too man mm-hmm. i just i i love to be a book reader and go on a book tour. I, I want to go on a book tour. I've talked to some book writing people, and they most of them say that's tough. But but do they do stand up? See, because I wouldn't. I would treat it just like I do stand up. Yeah, it's like fishing fish in a barrel. You've got your bookstore experience. You go up, you do twenty minutes. Yeah, and then you and you read your books. and you read the best. You know, I'd love to be Dave Eggers. That's who I'd like to be. I really mm-hmm. liked him. And I would have loved to have been David Foster Wallace, but except with the not the death part. That was his choice. He right? hung himself. That's true. Nobody hung him. He hung himself. Yeah. He checked out. He did. I have, I've only recently become familiar with a little bit of his stuff, and I think it's going to make me sad how much I'm going to like well, isn't that when the, I read more of it. The thing, you find somebody and you realize, oh, this guy died. That's really how I'm going to be popular. Like about five years after my death, I will we'll have accumulated so much crap with the shit I write and everything, then just the the volumes of yellow tablets in my, my house and somebody will come across and I'll be very popular and I will finally headline, but um, sadly I'll, I'll be dead. Well, eventually we're all dead and that's, the, that's true. That's the weird thing to me about most people's perception of fame and like how great would it be to be, you know, Bruce Springsteen or the Rolling Stones, that would be great. But they have in common with, I mean, Vincent Van Gogh, hugely 
popular, famous artist now, but when right. he was alive, True. broke, miserable, yeah. suicidal nut job. And then you look at uh, the Rolling Stones. Sure, they're all they're all rich and having a great life now, but most of what they've gotten in terms of money and the stuff that people think is, would I'd love to have all that money? They're never going to even spend it in their lives, you know. Yeah, but they can try. But you've had a nice life. You're not so far. I'm you're not, not having. Right a, you don't have a day job or oh, any of that stuff. I, you married well. I married a worker. <laughs> I married a worker bee, and you were a stay-at-home dad. Well, I mean that. I mean, I can certainly identify with with that. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm very proud of my kids, and I feel like I I help them become who they are. Not that my wife didn't too, but. Yeah, to have I think especially with boys to have that male influence in the formative years is very very important. Well, I, you're the person who and flu shots, <laughs> flu shots. Yeah, the flu shots. I we never got the flu shots. Uh, I don't do the flu shots anymore either. Yeah, I, I don't do flu shots. Hey, vaccinations. Yeah. I believe in vaccinations, but not flu shots. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that that would be a funny book for you. The the memoir life philosophy book that you uh-huh. could write. That could be your first book. You know, to just get you started off. Didn't Gaffigan do that? He, he writes so many books now. Well, you can't. I can't keep. I'm. I'm not watching what he's doing. I'm telling you what to do. Okay, I forgot. <laughs> forgot my life coach. Yeah, I'm trying to focus on myself, and I'm what I'm doing right now is telling you what to do. I'm not worried about what you've got. Well, did. you know, I think you. I I do my things. I thought about today. Yeah, you have your podcast, which is a one. Is it like one two minutes a day? Yeah, but I did that for like three years straight. Yeah. I did like 1,200 of them. Are you? Have you stopped? Well, I do it like when I feel like it now because uh-huh. it got to be such a – I actually thought eventually somebody is going to hear this and go, I want this guy to be on my show or because he does a minute and it's concise and everything. And I found that that not, not, not to be the case. Well, there's the doing the thing and then there's the selling it or getting people to pay attention, promoting it and all that. Right. And I have to say that when you started doing that, you, that was early days of podcasting. It was before it was really a thing. And now podcasting is well underway. Right. And it turns out that a minute or two minutes a day is still a thing that is not what people do. On the other hand, you started doing that podcast at a time when Larry the Cable Guy was having a huge success he blew himself up by doing one or two minute radio segments in all these different markets mm-hmm. that he would call up and so you were doing this hybrid thing that should have found a place but i thought it would but it didn't and maybe that maybe the answer is you gotta you gotta figure out another way to i can't believe that that wasn't a thing that that radio stations would say look this is free we're allowed to just play this on our yeah, air yeah. and it would blow you up and, and i would not you- cuss or mm-hmm. it would just be a, a, a thing of the day uh, um mm-hmm. but but i would send it to friends too and i actually had one friend go man i i just i can't find the time to listen to this i it's a minute it's hard. It's hard though because it's a minute a day. It's like relentless. Like one magazine is not a lot of mag. If someone said, "Hey, I, would you read this magazine?" I'll go, "Yeah, I'll get mm-hmm. to it." But then you subscribe to the New Yorker, and it's a fucking New York New Yorker every week until finally you're looking at a pile of them right. that starts to make you feel shitty about yourself. And it's like I read th- every time I pick that up and read it. It's something that I enjoy, but that pile of them makes me feel bad about myself. So I'm just gonna throw them away. I'm just gonna delete them from my life. And feel better about How myself. How about if they just sent you a word? 
And all you had to do was look at the word. But you you wrote them back, oh, I, I don't have time to look at a word. No, I know. Well, I feel bad because minute. I didn't really subscribe to your one-minute podcast. Okay. But I did. It is on iTunes. I did listen yeah, to it yeah. from time to time. And that's fine, too. Yeah. I need to go back to doing it because it's a, and I know you, you we've kind of talked about this. You just you you can't control what people think about. You can control what you do. Well, I can show you when we get when we're done with this, I'll show you some there's the technology of being able to do what you did now has really radically changed and there's an app you can get on your phone to be able to do your minute. I have that. Yeah. No, because we so did we it at the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, you found yeah, out about that, that guy. podcast. Yeah, good. Um Boy, I had some idea that I was going to ask you about it for the f- finale. The book? Go. I, I, I'm already writing a book now. You are writing a book. I don't know. Okay, good. Maybe. You gave me some the best life advice, and so that's how I remind my wife who you are. So I go, I'm going to Dallas. I'm going to be working with Dave Little. You were at our house. I was. And talked to my wife. I did. October 4th or 5th or mm-hmm. whatever, because yeah. it was LA Podfest. Right. And my wife was like, remind me who Dave is. Like, oh, he's the guy who told me when you were pregnant that it was a great idea not to find out the sex of the baby, to not find out if it's a boy or girl. It's because, the best idea Because ever. then on top, of, on top of this greatest day of your life, you also have a surprise. Yes. It it's an such... amazing... And the people that have done it agree with me. Always the best. But it the people, the you we can't, some people just go, well, that, there's just no way. I, I have to find out. I go, why? Well, we have to know what to do with the baby. Why? You don't really have to find out. But people who, who people think that they have to find out. And uh, I feel like some, you know, I, not to judge those people, but it's a, it's a definitely a thing of people who can't accept the idea that sometimes. They don't know. It's better to not be in control. Yes. Or, or the idea that you could not be in control, that you could not be in control and that you would choose not to be in control is kind of like they're, uh, they're out of their minds. When, in fact, I feel like in my life, it's, there is so much that you're not in control of. Most of your life, right. you're not in control of. And so this is a chance to be not in control and really enjoy it. You choose to not be in control. You know it's going to be a surprise. Yeah. You know it's going to be a surprise that you're going to like. Yeah. Your two things that it could be is a boy or a girl. Right. You're happy with both of those. Yeah. It's not going to be a goat. <laughs> what if it was the oh day? Oh, my God. That's why you get the ultrasound. You just no. tell them. You tell the doctor, look, we don't want to know if it's a boy or a girl. I just want to know if it's, not, if it's not a goat. If it's a goat. Don't tell you me. please give me a heads up because. Yeah, do a nah or something. We got to get the baby's room ready if it's a goat. I just think it's, you know, it was the best two things we ever did. Yeah. It's just to have the doctor go, here's your, here's your boy who happens to be suffocating right now. That was my youngest one. He had to kind of go out. He had some poop in his mouth and I didn't know anything about it because they had the birthing rooms, mm-hmm. which were awesome. So I was, I was watching TV while that was going on. What are you talking about? When the you were kid, watching TV while your son was born? The TV was on in the birthing room. Yeah. I didn't want to get down there. Oh, you didn't get down. Well, we couldn't. I was, well, my wife had a, had a scheduled cesarean, so I couldn't okay. go. They don't even want you get want, down there and look, because they're afraid you're going to pass out. I, I would have. blood and you yes. got to deal with that. that. Why? But so he had, I didn't know. I, I've heard about, you got the umbilical cord around. Yeah, they, I think he had some poop in his mouth. They took him out for a second. I mean, they, you never know. I thought you, you find out poop after. until after you're born. I think there were some. Some people can poop ahead I of guess, time. Uh, my kid was special. 
Man, that's like a country western song. I, I was born eating shit. <laughs> I don't. Who do you see singing that? <laughs> I don't know, Dave. Blake Shelton. I don't know, Dave. I'm not going to sing that. Well, I'm you're not. the only one of us who writes songs. Yeah, but I don't. I'm more Americana. I'm telling you this. You talk about writing a closer, Dave. I was born eating shit. I was born eating shit. You got to find a way to make it radio friendly, but this yeah, could be how? poop. No, you can't. Poop is too babyish. You I know, was this born is eating crap. A, yeah, I don't know. We're gonna brainstorm this. Oh, I got so much. I didn't come here wanting to get a to do list, and now yeah. there's just when I leave, I'm I got to write a book. I got to start my podcast back up again. Mm-hmm. I got to write the the. Eating shit baby song. <laughs> what the hell? You got a lot of work to do, Dave. I, uh, Plus, we got a show tonight. I know. It's, that's exciting. I don't think we're doing any kind of after party action because I got to get up and do radio tomorrow, but mm. maybe Friday night. We're not going to just drink wine, John Witherspoon style. <laughs> I'll have a glass of wine yeah. in, the, in the in the back back room and not know whether the club's closed or yeah we didn't know last night if the club was (laughs) locked up it seemed like we were the only people the three guys in in the show right we're having a glass of wine and watching the end of a basketball game and then we tried to figure out like where is the person are we in charge and i think we were that's sort of the experience of becoming an adult isn't it you have that moment where you realize oh i i can do whatever i want yeah maybe i've been making some mistakes Uh, and i think the sign of maturity is when you realize you have been making mistakes. Yeah. Don't wait to be staring through the windshield at a cop with his gun pointed at you. Boy, now if we've learned anything, we've learned about the dark side of the moon, Middle Earth, and you if you're being chased by the cops, it's better to stop sooner than later. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, Dave... This has been a great talk. Here's the, here's the kind of how I see the song. This is how it plays out. Oh, I'm not back on that lyrics, but I'm okay. thinking, I was born eating shit, so everything has been a step up from there. It seems wordy. I know, but I'm just giving you the gist of this. The, of uh-huh. the you know whatever you can do to yeah. me, you can't beat me because I started off. Yeah, this is how I started off. So I'm a winner right from day one. With day two, day one was not so good. No, day one I had a mouthful of shit. But day day two, that's yeah. when that's when things really took off for me. Yeah, I didn't have shit in my or mouth. Or even not day two, just minute two. Yeah, they don't. You life. can't leave the hospital with shit in your mouth. <laughs> no. no, they no. won't. Let's see if he spits it out. Why don't we give him a few minutes? <laughs> yeah, the mother the mother has to go out in a wheelchair, and the baby cannot have a poopy mouth. Yeah, they rinse you out. Real they do good. rinse you out. Real good. I wish I wish I was a baby again. You want to get rinsed out? Is that a euphemism? No, I kind of really just was like, yeah, it could be euphemism for a lot of things. They got one of those uh, Asian spas, foot massage place right behind the comedy club. I know they do. Jeff, the manager, said it was a a happy ending place. Well, he would know. No, he said he didn't know, but that's what he said. Well, but he would know. I've never had a massage like that. No, me neither. I, I believe he has. Okay. I mean, I'm just, I don't know. Well, we got three more nights in Dallas, Dave. (laughs) Plenty of time for a happy ending massage across the street from the comedy club. I mean, you know, maybe if we sell some merch tonight, my treat. (laughs) I'm saving up for the happy ending. There's your next song, Dave. Saving up for the happy ending. Well, Do you want a high five? Sure. Usually. 
Sweet. Thanks, Dave. You're welcome. Well, there you go, ladies and ladies and gentlemen. That was uh, my friend Dave Little with a little bit of uh, life coaching, a little bit of helping you to help yourself. And uh, let's all throw our own wake this year. Let's make that our goal. I'd love to have you at my wake, and we can turn any of my comedy shows into a wake at any time, ladies and gentlemen. So I'll see you out there at the nightclub. Uh, Meanwhile, if you want to check out Dave Little, guess what? He's got a website. It's called lovedavelittle.com. L-O-V-E-D-A-V-E-L-I-T-T-L-E. lovedavelittle.com. And he's got a bunch of shows coming up with Frank Caliendo in Fort Worth in Houston and uh, back at uh, the Addison Improv where he and I work together. He's also got his Things I Thought About Today podcast, which are little two-minute segments, and he's done them every day for a long time, as he mentioned in this podcast, and you can check those out if you want, or even if you do, do it. It's two minutes out of your life, really? Would it kill you after listening to him talk about how people don't have time? Two minutes. You have two minutes. I know you have two minutes. You just spent how long have you been listening to this? By my count, it's about an hour and 20 minutes, and I appreciate it. Don't get me wrong. Thank you so much for listening. Don't give up. There'll be plenty of time to give up later. Next week, my guest, who I just talked to, I know I shouldn't even be telling you that I just talked to him, because now you're feeling like I'm holding out on you, but I'm not holding out on you. I'm giving it up for you, ladies and gentlemen. Next week, Mike Wilmot, a hilarious comedian from Canada, stopped by this place, which is my potatorium, the office in my in my dwelling, or adjacent to my dwelling, with an excellent view of my trampoline. Uh, it sounds good, don't I? Paint a pretty picture of the environs around hereabouts. Anyway, uh, tune in next week. Mike and I had a great conversation. I can't wait to share that with you. Uh, this is a really fun thing for me to do. I really appreciate your support. Um, also, check out some of the other podcasts at my podcast network that I'm a part of. I say my, but it's really Bill Burr. The great Bill Burr and Al Madrigal started a podcast network for, by, uh, owned by, with uh, comedians, and it's a great place. So all things comedy, check that out. There's a lot of great podcasts on there. You can check out uh, Tom Rhodes, who we, I think, mentioned in this podcast, or I'm going to mention in next. I can't get it straight who I mentioned when, but uh, check out the All Things Comedy website. Uh, check out my website, jakethis.com. Start your own website, and then tweet me about it, and I'll re- I'll retweet it so that all the people who are already paying attention to me can pay attention to you. And then we'll pretty someday we'll all get together and pay attention to each other. We'll sit ne- We'll take turns sitting next to each other, whispering sweet kindnesses into each other's ear. Wouldn't it be nice if we did that all the time? <laughs> are you kidding? Who has time for that? Um, all right. Enjoy yourselves. Learn to play the guitar. Learn another language. Visit a foreign country. These are all little tidbits. These are things you can do while you're not giving up. If you're looking for other to-do lists on your to-do to-do list, um, yeah. What was I saying? Thank you for listening to this podcast. It's really a lot of fun. I'm going to try and find out some ways to do some live episodes of the podcast after the comedy shows or during a week run at a comedy club. I'm, I'm looking into figuring that out and. If you're interested in being at one of those, then stay tuned, and I will try and help you know how to do that. I can't tell you everything, but I can tell you where I am and how to buy a ticket. (sighs) Thanks, everybody.
Bye-bye.